Hi, welcome to the Corner of Hope and Wellness with Carrie Hill. This week is episode 10 of the podcast. And so since I like to celebrate the small things, um, I am going to switch gears and I am going to be in the interviewee seat. And I am going to be joined by Amy Axtell from episodes two and eight. And she's going to interview me so that you all can learn a little bit about my journey through life. Um, so let's listen in. Hi. So we thought it would be interesting for uh, me to do switch seats with my favorite um, in-house therapist slash best friend slash P in a pod. Um, and so this week, what we're going to do is Amy is going to interview me because I started to realize I'm doing all these interviews, but the only thing you really know about me is a one minute teaser and a few things I throw out during um, the Corner of Hope and Wellness with Carrie Hill. So this happens to fall on my 55th birthday and it's my 10th episode. So we thought, hey, this seems like a good time to get to know Carrie a little bit. So we're going to switch gears and I'm going to hand over the mic wah, 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 uh, to Amy. So welcome back, Amy. So happy to be here and celebrating your double nickels birthday. It's a big one. <laughs> Um, I think this is kind of fun because you're right. You have been the voice behind the interviews and sort of supporting other people telling their stories and you haven't had a chance to really tell yours yet. So this is good. So I don't know, where should we start? Um, let's start with what made you want to do a podcast at this particular moment in your life? Cause you've done a lot of things in your life. I don't know if you want to tell your community how much stuff you've done in your adult life. That might be a good thing to share. Um, oh, that's really interesting. Um, so I'm thinking I, I was destined to work in the mental health field because when I was 15, I started getting into trouble because I was acting out as opposed to actually confronting the anxiety, the depression that was happening in my life. Plus, you know, that got acted out with drugs and alcohol and boys and a huge eating disorder. So um, I always like to say that my parents threw me into therapy, um, but they didn't Did they necessarily. You? Did they throw you into therapy? How old were you? I, oh, was, you... Fif I oh, was 15. I was 15. They did not throw me into therapy, but I got caught lying twice and that was enough um, for them and enough for me to realize I'm not going to get to lie and get away with it. So um, they said, here are a couple of therapists that you could go see. <laughs> that, that in and of itself already is interesting because I think that our generation was not raised with therapy being an option or a pass, even though you were raised in a home with, with a dad who was a therapist. So that must have been just part of the part of the push there. But just the fact that you were rebelling in all those other ways, but then said, okay, I'll go and do something that's going to help me. Good on, good on you. I mean, I was not that way until I was older, but <laughs> it's so funny. And I, and I just go shout out to Ellen Tarlow, who is my therapist from the time I was 15. And then when I moved here to Tucson from Manhattan beach, California, um, I would fly back and see my family and my friends like every couple of months. And she saw me until I was 26 years old, I think. So, um, yeah, she was she was definitely a rock for me. So that's how the podcast came to be is just for my own, own mental health uh, struggles. But really what happened was during COVID, um, we were all 
trying to find ways to stay healthy, I would say. Um, and my dips are my dips are my dips as they are in terms of my depression and my anxiety. And they got closer and closer together. And one of the things that I started thinking about was the idea of hope and that the idea of hope for me is really what, what would be the definition for me is a desire for a great outcome. That's the best way I think I can describe it. And so my, my desire was, okay, so here's how I know I haven't attempted suicide, um, killed myself um, as well, because I've always had this innate sense of hope that things were going to be okay. And I've mentioned before, like my dad had said, I've had those feelings before, but I was always curious about what tomorrow would look like. And that stuck with me so much that my dad said that. So um, I thought, well, what, what, what keeps people alive? And it's that sense of hope and what, it, what creates a sense of hope. So um, we, I just decided I wanted to start interviewing people I knew who had gone through obstacles and came out the other side. I don't want to say the other side, but an ongoing hope. So that's how the podcast got started. It's funny you're you're saying that, and I'm I'm flashing. This will this will age me right alongside you. Um, flashing to the movie The Big Chill. I don't know if you remember that there was a whole theme of lost hope around those friends gathering because a semi estranged friend of theirs had died by suicide, right. and they're all musing the whole weekend about lost hope. And um, interesting to think about that. All right, so. Um, do you think it's useful to tell people a couple of the things you've done in your career path to get you to where you are at 55, deciding to launch the podcast? Because you've had a pretty storied career. Sure. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about a former boss of mine, Thea Tate, who's awesome. She had said to me, I was feeling the feels of that I get bored really quickly and I, I just have to change. I have to change it up. I just go like, I got to get out. I got to do something new. And she saw that as a great, great gift that my willingness to reinvent myself. And so I've tried to reframe that for myself as opposed to feeling the shame of, I am no longer invested in this. I'm not going to spend 35 years crossing days off of a calendar until I retire, which I, my husband and I both, Pete and I both feel like we're going to drop dead working because we like to work. So I, um, so, well, when you and I met, I was working at the university of Arizona in career services and I was lost and going through a divorce and I was trying to figure out who am I, what am I doing? Um, you know, divorces impacts you in so many fun ways, as you know, and that's how our friendship began was with me too, me too. Oh my gosh, me too. And, um, I went to a, one of my favorite counselors, Jack Perry, at the University of Arizona um, Career Services Center where I was working. And we started talking about what are all the things I like to do. And I went back and I got my master's degree um, after many, many years of waitressing and all that good stuff and touring with the Blood Hut, which was a woman's performance group and you know doing theater and all those things. I was like, if I put all that stuff together, what would it look like? So I went back and I got a master's degree in... Um, therapy in counseling psychology and working with expressive arts. So that led me to working with adolescents, which led me then into getting completely fried and burned out, which is something I always admire about you, that you still love being a therapist after 455 years. And look at how great she looks. No. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm really decrepit inside. <laughs> 
And that I burnt out and it led me into training because then that took my theater skills, my skills as a therapist and um, my teaching skills and put everything together. So that was really cool. And then from there, I got a job as a national trainer traveling the country. Um, You do uh, mental health first aid training. Yep. So I teach people about mental health. It is a curriculum that's really about getting rid of stigma around mental health and talking about it. <laughs> I so, um, so I, and I love doing that. I really do. Except with the pandemic, we are here in the zoom room all the time, which, you know, I really miss that synergy. So I was like, what can I do to have some fun right now? And maybe pivot. I don't know. So here we are at the corner of hope and wellness. Tell me what your experience that you want people to know with your, with hope and wellness for you. Like what, what piece have you found some, you, you called them little sparks along the way. What's, what's your standout story? Ooh, that's really good. Um, pause and you know what? Okay. So I've been thinking about this too. So much stuff is coming up, you know, right before a birthday, there's always some screaming and kicking and existential questions and rhetorical questions (laughs) about being alive and what does it all mean? But I was thinking about this, this little movie, uh, a, a, a family movie that my mom and dad made of me when I was, I don't know. I think I was probably two. I could walk. Um, And it is me running in Sand Dune Park, which is a park by our house in Manhattan Beach, California. And it was me running and falling down, running and falling down, running and falling down, running. And I got back up every single time. There was no crying. It was just I wanted to get in the world and experience the world. And I think it represents who I am so much because I fall on my face so hard. I mean, you know, and thank you for the little ass kicking you gave me the other day. (laughs) Is that I fall down and there's that sense of like, I don't know how I'm going to get up. And you do because of that hope, because of that desire for a great outcome. And I feel like that is the biggest message I can get is that I have, I, I, it's, I, I hate to say it, but it doesn't end but it does evolve and you do develop more tools and skills along the way. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And then you develop some new ones because sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So for me, it's, I love having these stories without any false information like Cinderella and Snow White and all, all those little, those little tales that we were told when we were young, that there's a happily ever after. There's an after if you choose and if you choose to stay alive, but it's, it is, it's, um, I don't want to say it's work. That word feels, but it's, 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 effort, it's, an effort. Effort. it's an investment and I'm totally invested in myself. So I think what I want is people to have, be inspired enough to say, I want to invest in myself. I want to, I want to make sure um, that I'm willing to do the day-to-day because the day-to-day is so big, right? It's investing in yourself day-to-day. So that's what I think I'm hoping people will get. Some inspiration, some, oh my gosh, I so relate to that. It being really relatable. Um, I love like listening to all the little things in each podcast where people share just those little quotes. Um, Amanda speaks to I'm listening to you and I'm thinking I've got three different avenues that my own brain goes just with what you said. The first I'll stick with, which is I love the fact that your story 
that you want to share comes from when you were a little kid. It's almost like when we talk about birth myths, you know, what is your birth myth or what is your childhood myth that you actually followed or you thought, you know, you saw come to fruition. I have one that's similar. It's funny because I wonder how much that like is part of the kismet of friends being drawn to each other. It's just, you got you got to tell me just, Bring it. Oh, uh, mine is my mine's kind of, I'll say it quickly. When I was born, it was at the time where babies were still taken from their mothers and put in a nursery. And so my mom used to tell the story that she would go to the window, you know, and look in to see me. And all the other babies were sleeping. And she said, it didn't matter if it was three in the morning or 7 a.m. There you were fighting your to keep your eyes open. She said, I felt like you just were like get me out of here and let me start to live. And I think that's funny. It's like, you you were like, let me get up, let me get up, let me get up. <laughs> and I was like, let me out of this nursery. <laughs> Which is, is funny because I think there's something energetic about that, you know, that um, kind of interesting to think about people that had birth trauma, you know, or, yeah. you know, immediate um, challenges in their infancy and how that plays out in someone's life. That's just that is so cool. I love it, Amy. We're we're getting to learn a little bit more about each other this way too. I know. And and it's so funny because one of my favorite stories that my mom tells me is they didn't even remember. I don't know if they still do, but they used to spank you to like kind of bring you into this world. My mom said, I I came out screaming. They didn't have to. That's my favorite story that I came out screaming. They didn't even have to smack me on the butt. <laughs> that gives me a whole new path to bitch slap you later on when, <laughs> when you hit your, hit your walls. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so your, your story of hope and wellness that relates is the one where you had perseverance and tenacity as a little kid and that that's just continued to feed you and you've been someone who's been willing to reinvent many, many, many times, um, get to the end of something, realize you're done with it and have the courage to do something else. That is in and of itself really unique considering how most people, whether it's career or relationship or hobby, don't really steer out of a lane that they have found. So that's absolutely cool and makes you a great mentor for your listeners. I love that. Thank you. Um, okay. So podcast at 55, here's something that I want to say to you as someone who dabbles a little bit in listening to podcasts. I just love the fact that they're 30 minute episodes. And I wonder how you had that brainchild because it's so smart because really, even if I'm listening to like a heavy hitter podcast, I'm like 30 minutes in. I'm like, I got to go do the dishes. I got to return emails. You know, I don't have all the time for this hour and 10 minute podcast episode, even if it's Brene Brown, you know? Um, And so 30 minutes is like delicious. So how did you know to do that? That's just smart. Because I have no attention span. (laughs) (laughs) It's all of us. I jacked attention span, but it's a good idea. I think it's a really good question. I'll tell you what happened, Amy, is that, um, first of all, I want to say you and I took walks during the pandemic so much, and that was such a creative outlet for us to throw ideas back and forth. And I love that. And then my friend, Lynn Hennighausen, who is um, 
it was the second, first episode, the first episode, she was another creative buddy of mine. And then um, my girlfriend, Angie Layton is going through executive coach um, training. And so she was able to kind of help me shape stuff. Um, But the reason I did 30 minutes is from talking to women. (laughs) But my thing is that it takes so long to listen to a podcast and I just can't listen to that long. Plus, you know me, I am so cut to the chase. I am not going to talk about the weather, small talk, or I remember, well, I I love a little nostalgia. I want to cut to the chase. Tell me how you got here. So I just thought my, I want my podcast to be cut to the chase. We're busy. You jump into a car, you drive to wherever you're going, your appointment, the grocery store to pick up the dog from the groomer. I don't know. And you have usually like, I don't know, a 15 to 20 minute drive. Okay, let's just say that. So you can listen to 20 minutes of my podcast, get back in the car and listen to the other six minutes or whatever it is. Um, I just think it was so smart. Thank you. I think people have responded pretty consistently in a favorable manner to it. So, yeah, which is so cool. I, I keep thinking about this is something where I don't I don't know anybody. And I started my podcast on the same day as Glennon Doyle. I was like... <laughs> Gosh, I can't believe she's competing with me. Um, but I thought, I have no followers. This should be fun. Let's see what happens, right? And I'm going, people are actually listening and people, there's actually some momentum. And I feel incredibly honored and excited and in some ways surprised, but it's super fun. Like, I'm really excited. So I'm celebrating the little victories. I think Glenda Doyle and her sister should have you and I on their podcast talk about what it's like to launch a podcast the exact same day underneath (laughs) this star person who does it and immediately gets first place on Apple Podcasts and you're trying to launch this little baby into the world. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's see. What else might your listeners want to know? Do you want to share anything about your personal life? I don't know if you've done that on here. Is it in your bio? Like you're I, I'm not really. Um, so what what would I what would I say about my personal life? Um, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. No, the, the, the jazz musician, the, the jazz drummer in Tucson. But it's so funny because I was thinking about when we were talking about getting bored and moving on to something else. And I think, you know, we just had our 18 year wedding anniversary and we've been together for 19 years and where I feel really fortunate with Pete is he's somebody who is constantly, I mean, he's consistently a musician, but he's constantly reinventing himself. And so I feel really fortunate that I'm with a partner who wants to do that. So that's inspiring. And it also kind of keeps us, we try to kind of reinvent ourselves together as a couple. Um, so that we have a parallel path and growing. So um, I've always admired that about your marriage. I, on the other hand, am married to somebody who says change is bad. (laughs) You're, you're married to another awesome musician. So, but yeah, so, so the marriage is a really stable thing. I feel really fortunate that uh, seven years after I moved here to Tucson, from California. Um, my parents moved here and retired really early. They, Amy, they retired when they were 58. Oh my gosh. But they did in the day. That was what, you know, that was the age my dad retired too. 
Oh my gosh. And then I go, and then, so, and then what it's been all, it's been right around. I think it's been three years. My brother and his husband moved here. So I feel really fortunate to have the whole, the whole fam here doing their thing. And um, it's even, it's even unique enough to be 55 and still have both parents living. I mean, and your parents are not only living, they're hugely vital, creative powerhouse people. So you know, your whole family has that vibe to it, you know, lots and lots of creative flow and intellect, which is super cool. Which also feeds into that part of the reinvention because my, my amazing grandmother, my, my dad's mother just passed away a few months ago at the age of 105. So I got to get some hobbies. (laughs) (laughs) I've got really good genes. 105 sounds undoable to me. I always say 85 is good. 85 peace out. Well, one of my, my favorite things that we, we have been talking about since our thirties, I believe is that we're married to men who are a little older than us and men typically die. Let me say transition, um, uh, be before women do. So we plan on wearing moo's in our tiny home communities where we can come out and have a cocktail together and all the women tribe come together. And then we are like, okay, enough of you. I'm going to go back into my tiny house with my dogs. Cast spells by the fire pit, drinking our martinis. I am so there. (laughs) Okay. And you live with two adorable dogs and one cat now or two cats still? I can't remember the cats. I have a feline feline block. (laughs) It's because of Ollie. It's because of your cat, Ollie. It is. I (laughs) I have cat trauma. It's true. It's because nobody ever sees the cats because once there's more than two people in the house, they freak out. So yes, we have two amazing dogs who are hilarious. One is a little Jack Russell Chihuahua curmudgeon and his buddy who is much younger than him, uh, who is a pit Corgi mix, who is your boyfriend, who is like, I love the world. I came here to love people to go on adventures and to eat. It's, it's all about eating. Fantastic. Fantastic. Can we make him into a boy? You talk about wanting to wave the wand and have the perfect guy. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So how many cats? Two or three? Two. Two. Okay. All right. So you always ask this question or you find a way to weave some variation of this into every podcast. So I will pass it back to you. What, if anything, would you like to say to your younger self or your child self or your ingenue self about, about hope and or about wisdom of life or anything that you think would be, if you could go back? Oh, the tables have turned. Um, that is really good because I've been thinking about that little girl, the little, the little one who got up and got down. Like I I dig her. She is the real story. You know, we create so many stories um, in different times of our lives. Um, and I know like, because my parents were separated from the time I was three to seven, I had a lot of storytelling around that too, you know, and I'm going like, and even though they were separated, my dad was around at the house all the time. They just <laughs> celebrated their 60th anniversary, but there are stories that I've told myself. And some of the stories I have decided I'm changing, but what I would tell, I especially feel like I would like to tell that, that young one 
who had the abandonment issues and um, such high anxiety when she was like four. And then the one who was, had such an intense eating disorder for 15 years. I would love to tell that, that those, those young versions of me, that story told like focus on you. Don't go external. Don't look for the answers outside of you. Um, you know, that any spiritual sense of spirituality says, look inside. And I'm like, I'm looking inside. I don't know what's going on. Just trust and just start practicing trusting yourself because that is a huge one. That's a big one is if you start listening to all the voices and what people have expectations of you and all that kind of stuff, you lose yourself. And it's taken me until my late forties to finally go like, fuck y'all. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, it's always this, as they say, an inside job. It's a total inside job. And it's, it's taken me so long to get excited about who I am, you know, and that does not come without dips on a daily basis. <laughs> and listen, isn't this entire podcast about being real and revealing, you know, we're telling hard stories. We're talking about the way we survive these hard experiences it's going to continue to evolve because we as people are never the same people we are today. Like you and I will be different next week when we record something. Who knows how, but we will, you know, have some, some tweak in the Absolutely. mechanism. So just to stay open to that, you know, not get stuck. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that I, I don't, I, I think I covered all the things I would naturally want to have your listeners know about you. Is there something I missed? Anything you want to add? Nope, not this episode. Maybe, maybe 56. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we may interview you every year and see what's the same. See if you can still remember the story of the toddler getting down and getting up. <laughs> my long-term, my long-term memory is great. It's the menopausal brain fog that can't remember, like, oh, send Amy a Zoom link. <laughs> Dot, 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 ellipsis. Everybody hold on. We're about to do menopause next. So, all right. Well, I love you and I'm so glad to be part of this. And I'm so glad your listeners get to know you a little bit more. Thank you so much, Amy. All right. So I'm just going to say right now, uh, subscribe to uh, the Corner of Hope and Wellness on your favorite app, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you can listen to Amy and I's rant this week. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy, for doing that. That was great. 